1: 225 274 1607, or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Jesus, you are
0: all for today, Master, Savior. I have come to seek you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today. It's with a great joy and privilege that we're here in your house. And God, we just love you today and we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, what you're going to continue to do. And God, we just believe that the best is still yet to come. But in order for the best to come, we need to be the best that we've ever been. And God, we up our game today, God. We just put you front and center in our lives and we trust you with everything. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Amen. So we are continuing our awesome series of this month called Hashtag Denial. Come on, say that with me. Hashtag... Denial. Come on, the denial, the things that we can live with so many times in our life, the struggles, the issues, the wrong control that we often don't even realize, or maybe we do realize, but we don't think that there is any way that we can be free. We're going to talk about another major issue. We talked about worry last week. Pete talked about fear. If you missed Wednesday, you need to download that message. You need to get that message. It was awesome. But today we're going to talk about unforgiveness. And as I started to prepare the message, I wanted to come up with a real creative title when it came to unforgiveness. But I just really felt sometimes we can be so creative we can miss what it's about. And I just thought, you know, unforgiveness is exactly what it is and there's no better way that we can put it. And really when we look at unforgiveness, the thought is this, it's our unwillingness to forgive. Our unwillingness to forgive. You may say, hold on a second, Pastor. That's a little bit harsh, don't you think? No, listen. You've either forgiven someone or you haven't. So by the definition or by the word unforgiveness in your life, you have chosen that means not to forgive that person. So it's a willful... Choice that you have made in your life, and today this is not going to be a comfortable message. I just want you to know that right now you're, you're not going to really feel good as this message is going to be preached today. In fact, you better curl up your toes in your shoes because we're going to stamp all over your feet today. Come on, we're coming for you today because we really believe this is something that doesn't belong in any of our lives. It's robbed us for enough time, and we want to see victories and we want to see breakthroughs today. So if you're a visitor, we just want to apologize before we start today. We're really nice people and we love Jesus and we love you. And so make sure and come back and give us another opportunity. And don't just say, man, I was beat up in church. I think some of us need to be beat up in church. Come on. I said, I think some of us need to be slapped up the side of the head and just get some sense knocked into us because we're living senseless, wrong, bound, deceived lives. Look at Joyce Myers. Joyce Myers made this statement and if there's anyone that could talk about the power of being able to understand true forgiveness is Joyce Myers who for years and years by her own confession and her testimony went through such sexual and physical abuse in her life by, I believe it was a father figure in her life. And look at this. She says, I have found that no other ingredient damages the heart more than the issue of unforgiveness. In other words, there's probably not a greater thing that we could hold on to our lives that could cause a deeper wound and cause a deeper effect in our lives than the power of unforgiveness. And, and it's more than just what it does for our heart because it prevents us from being real in our lives. Come on, it prevents us from living a free Life And it's a massive and it's a real issue. Again, through this series on hashtag denial, we're definitely never going to make light of any of these issues and controls because they are real. But we want to remind you today, we want to tell you today that they don't belong in your life. Come on, I said they don't belong in your life. They don't belong with you. They are not your friends. Worry is not your friend. Fear is not your friend. Unforgiveness is not your friend. Bondage is not your friend. Insecurities are not your friend. These issues are not your friends. And there's something even more powerful if you want to say it that way about unforgiveness and that is this, unforgiveness has a double head. It's a double headed monster. Why? Because it's not only towards other people that we can have unforgiveness, but it's also towards ourselves. And we can battle with that. Sometimes it's easier to forgive other people because we maybe never have to see them again, but we see ourselves each and every day looking back at the mirror in us. We live with our faults. We live with our flaws. We live with ourselves. And therefore it can be tough to do. What's our theme scripture from this month? Come on, it's 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. You need to memorize these scriptures. You need to get them into your spirit. This is an easy one to memorize. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For God has not given us. Come on, say that. God has not given. Come on, say God has not. You've got to realize that today, that God has not given this. In other words, He hasn't given it. Why? Because it doesn't belong in your life. God has not given me what? A spirit of fear, but of power. Whose power? His power. What does worry do? Worry is distrusting His power and presence. Remember trying to belittle the power? God's given us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Come on, controlled thinking, self-discipline inside. So in other words, God has not given me the wrong things, but God has given me the right things. And you've got to realize that God has given me the tools that I need to counteract fear, to counteract worry, to counteract unforgiveness and the wrongs that people have done against me. God has given me everything that I need and it's just one thing for everything. Are you ready? It's just one thing for everything. Have you ever gone to your toolbox in your shed or in your office or wherever you've got the toolbox And what do you have to do? You have to look for the right tool to do the right job. Come on, if you've got a flathead screwdriver you need and all you've got is a Phillips head, you're in trouble because a Phillips head ain't going to undo a flathead screw. Anyone with me? Come on, if you need to knock in a nail, you're probably not going to get very far with a pair of pliers. You need a Hammer. hammer. Because a hammer's for knocking in a nail. Aren't you glad that when the enemy comes against you, you don't have to go back into the cupboard of your heart or your life and search through the tool bag and say, oh my God, what tool do I need for this situation? Where's the Phillips head? Where's the flat head? Where's this verse? Where's that verse? Aren't you glad that you can pull out the same tool to do the job each and every time and it's him, it's God, it's Christ in you that's the hope of glory, anything and everything that we need in life life. He's the answer. Jesus is the answer. He's what we need to succeed. He's what we need to overcome. So we don't have to live life restricted, bound or destroyed. If you are living bound, that's your choice. If you are living with unforgiveness, if you're living with worry, fear, if you're living with those issues, I want to tell you right now, that's your choice because you are not choosing life for your life. You're choosing to accept something that God clearly says not only doesn't belong in your life, but God clearly says, I didn't give it to your life. I didn't place it there. I don't want it there. But the issues such as unforgiveness causes us many times to refuse to see that. Why? Because hashtag denial. It's everyone else's fault anyway. Come on, it's everyone else's fault. I I don't have the problem. They're the ones that has the problem. So what are we saying through hashtag denial? Forget them. It's all about me. Come on. Come on. It's me. It's not you. Now, there may be some you involved. Anyone know what I'm talking about? There's some other people involved in the circumstances and situations. There's other people involved. But the way I handle it, the victory, the outcome of the situation, completely depends upon me. And what I choose to do with those words with those actions, with those hurts, with those rejections and with those pains. Look at this statement. Offense is never given. It's just received. Offense is something... Oh, well, I was offended because they said... Listen, offense is never something given... It's a choice that you and I make to accept the words, the actions, the rejection, the offense that people do. It's only received. Come on, you have got to choose to be offended. So if I can choose to be offended, maybe the best choice I can make in life is choose not to be offended, to live an offense-free life. That's saying, you're not going to speak something over my life. You're not going to control. You see, when we take offense, we are giving someone else control over our life instead of God. I don't want you to control my life. So what do I do? I choose not to be offended. Do those things hurt? Yes, they hurt. But I'm not letting that take root because that's not going to determine the outcome of my life. That's not going to determine my identity because I've got the tool. I've got the one who's the identity and the help of my life. So, where do we go with unforgiveness? What do we need to realize? Here's a key point. And I believe you've got to start here and you've got to begin to realize this. And that is forgiveness is your responsibility. Forgiveness is your responsibility. In other words, forgiveness, as far as you are concerned, is one sided. It's one sided. Now, if we're God, and hate to break it to you, you're not. Come on, I said, you're not. Come on, we're not God. But if we were God, forgiveness has to be double-sided. For what reason? Both parties have to respond to Him. But you're not God, and for us, it's purely, what? Upon our response to Him. I'm so glad that I can be free from what other people do for me, not because they repent and ask for forgiveness, but because I can choose to ask for forgiveness, and God can set me free. I'm glad my future is not dependent upon what other people do, but therefore my future is dependent fully upon what I do choose to do. Can you see that today? Forgiveness is your responsibility. Anyone remember that partly game that you used to play? The hot potato. Did you ever play that over here? Hot potato, hot potato. Who's got the hot potato? Hot potato, hot potato. You are Come on, we used to play a game similar to that in England called Pass the Parcel. Anyone ever played Pass the Parcel? You would wrap up a gift with wrapping paper, the music would play, and when it stopped, you had to rip one layer of the wrapping paper off, and you maybe won the prize. And then you would pass it around, and when the music stopped, you'd rip it. And that was a different game for what reason. You wanted the parcel because you could win a prize. But what's the deal with the hot potato? Come on, if you're left with the hot potato, what happens? You're out. Have you ever seen kids playing that game? You remember what it was like. They're like anticipating. They're going around the circle with their eyes. And what's happened? Their hands are ready. But notice this. Not just to receive that potato, but to what? They're already in their mind telling themselves, as soon as it comes round, man, I'm passing it on. Come on, anyone with me? Why? Because you don't want to be left with that hot potato. Because you are going to be out. What's the thought? You've got to pass it from your hands into the hands of someone else because that's the only way you have a chance to win. Come on, unforgiveness. People are sitting with it in their lap. It's a hot potato, hot potato. Come on, just like a child in that circle, you got to be ready because offense and heartache and pain is going to be coming. Come on, you got to be expecting it each and every day. Not that we live in the fear of those things because God's not giving us fear. But we've got to be ready that when they come, bam, I'm passing it on. Come on, do that with me. Come on, bam, I'm just passing it on. Come on, I'm just passing it on to someone else because I want to win the game. Look what it says in Colossians 3, 12 through 13. says this. Here's the hot potato of the Scriptures. Are you ready? It says, therefore, as the elect of God. I can't just read over that without stopping for a minute. That means you're chosen of God. You're the elect. You're hand-picked. You are highly favored of God. God loves you. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Verse 13, bearing with one another. New Living Translation says it, I think, really good. You must make allowances for each and everyone else's faults. Come on, you must make allowances for others' faults. And what does it say? Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Here's the hot potato of the scripture. And forgiving one another... Because if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you must what? Pass it on. Come on. You must pass it on. You must do also. You must do it. So the key to forgiving is what? Are you ready? Here's the key to forgiving someone. Remember how much you've been forgiven from. Remember the fact that God chose to... If there's anyone that could hold something against us, it's God. If there's anyone that has a right not to choose to forgive, it's God. Because if we were to stack up every word, every thought, every action, every deed of our lives, the hill and the mountain would have been so tall, it would have gone through the sky into the clouds of the greatness. Even if you were a goody two-shoes, there were so much bad things in your life that you still did. But God willfully still chooses To forgive us. But you know, we forget that. I think one of the saddest things that we can maybe do in our Christian walk is to forget what God delivered us from. To forget what God freed us from. To forget what God forgave us. Because we're so quick, aren't we, to point at other people instead of remembering. Hold on, I was just like that. In fact, I was worse than that. But for God. But for His grace. And but for His mercy. And God forgave me. You may say, well, Pastor Philip, that's easy for God to be able to do that because He's God and that's what He does. Yes, that's true. But what does He tell us in this passage? Because He is God, He now gives us the ability to be able to what? Do the same things because He says, just like I forgave you, there's no question. He says, you must. You and I must. What? You must do the same. He modeled for us what we need to live in each one of our lives. And that word forgive there in that passage of scripture means this, to do a favor, to show kindness unconditionally, to give freely, to grant forgiveness, to forgive freely. And there's the same root word in that word of forgiveness as the word of grace. Grace. What is grace? The unmerited favor of God. Come on, that which we don't deserve, that which we don't deserve in each one of our lives. But He says we must give and we must do. True forgiveness is not something that we wait for someone to ask us for. Well, I'll forgive them when what? They ask for If they straighten up, then I'll forgive them. We have convinced ourselves that we don't need to forgive someone else until they ask us to forgive them. But that's not true and neither is that God. Come on, God is truth and truth is God. You cannot separate Him. You and I need to be the ones that need to initiate forgiveness. You need to initiate forgiveness. You need to be the one that's clearing up every avenue between you and God. Because remember, it's one-sided. It's hindering your life, as we're going to discover. It's your responsibility. And more than that, it's that which God requires of you. It's that which God requires of me. It's unnegotiable with nothing attached to it. Well, God, you know what? I'll forgive them when they do this. Or why did I forgive them? Because they've done this. And they'll... Come on. What if they don't forgive me? What if it's not my place to forgive? What about they did it to me and I'm so tired of forgiving. I'm so tired. Here's my question. Who's holding the potato? Come on, who's holding the potato? You. And if the music stops, you're out. You're out. The only way you can win is to pass it on. I've said this statement so many times, but it's such a good one. We're going to bring it back again. Look at this. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting them to die. Last time I checked, the one who's drinking the poison is the one that's going to be in the problems. It's not going to affect other people. It's going to affect the one that's drinking it, the one who's holding on to it. And I understand, but Pastor Philip, they're the one that did it to me. Yes, they did. They served it up. It's now on your side. So what are you going to do? You've got to pass it back. You've got to pass it back. And even greater than that, you can pass it up. Come on. You can pass it up to Jesus. And you can give it to Him. We don't negotiate or trade for forgiveness. Well, I will if. And then I will. You don't negotiate or trade. You give. You give. Listen to this. Here's a great statement. You need to Twitter this. You need to tweet this. This There's something the Lord gave me this week. Are you ready? Here it is. I don't think I've got it on the board, so you're going to have to write it down. Forgiveness is either your freedom or your bondage. There it is. Forgiveness is either our freedom or our bondage. What do I mean by that? As I forgive, there's freedom. But as I choose not to forgive, guess what? There's a bondage. A bondage in my life. A blockage in my life. A hindrance to my life. Mercy heals. Unforgiveness will only make you a perpetual victim. Look at this statement I came across this week, and it's actually a quote from George Herbert. He said this, He who cannot forgive others breaks the bridge over which he must pass himself. Ouch. Ouch. If you can't forgive other people, you are destroying the bridge. that I'm telling you right now, no ifs, ands, or buts, you're going to need to cross at some time or the other. But you're destroying the lifeline for your life. Why? Because of your unwillingness to forgive. Oh, but Pastor Philip, you don't know what they've done. Hold that thought. But I want to tell you right now, and I don't belittle this, and please don't get me wrong, It doesn't matter what they have done to you in the past. Because what they're doing to you now in the present and the future is going to be even worse because they're going to destroy every chance of life that you have. You've got to pass it on and you've got to give it up to God. Jesus modeled true forgiveness upon the cross. A place that was meant to be the greatest place of defeat. Come on, the enemy purposed the cross to be a place of defeat. There was no glory in the cross. It was a place of absolute pain and agony. It was the lowest way that someone could die. The most degrading way that someone publicly could die and be tortured was that to be crucified. But guess what? Because Jesus chose not to hold unforgiveness, that which was labeled as the worst now is labeled as the greatest. That which could have been the lowest is now the highest. Why? Because of what Jesus chose to to do in that moment, at that time, come on, now becomes not a place of bondage and a place of defeat and a place of gloom and doom. Because if you would look again, the cross is empty. Why? Because he's no longer on the cross. The tomb's even empty. Come on, come on, I hate to spoil it for you for Easter, but the tomb's already empty. Why? Because he's alive and he's risen. Come on, he turned around what Satan meant to destroy not only him, but mankind. And he turned it around as the greatest victory this world has ever known. Your circumstance and situation can be just the same. That deepest wound that someone could naturally do to your life doesn't have to be a place of bondage. It can be your place of freedom and not only for you, but freedom for other people. Come on, it's not defeat. Come on, it can be victory. Look what he said, Luke 23, 34. He said, Father, forgive them for, 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 not if. Come on, he didn't say if they. He said, Father, forgive them for they. No, not what they do. Come on, Father, forgive them even in their unforgiving state. Even in their unrepentant state. Come on, those who crucified and weren't saying sorry upon the cross. Come on, those that asked for forgiveness weren't turning around and saying, God, I'm sorry. Even in that state where they were laughing at him and jeering at him and mocking him, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. No strings attached. Do you notice that? No strings attached. No retaliation required. Jesus was saying, don't charge them with this. Come on, too often instead of forgiving, we look for that other way to get back at them. Come on, too often we look at the way that we can retaliate. I'll show them. Come on, if they want to do that, I'm going to show them. Retaliation never solves a problem. It just keeps the wound open. And it makes it greater and greater and greater. Come on, it's like if someone jumps you. Come on, and there's one person that jumps you. Retaliation says, I'm going to get three more and I'm going to go after that one person. may feel good for a moment till they come back with six on your three. Come on, and then you had to have 12 on their six. And then what happens? It never ends. It just escalates and it gets worse. Come on, you know what I'm saying? And you know what's so powerful about retaliation is this? That in the natural, I have the power to respond. Come on, let's just be real. You, you hurt me, you wronged me, I have the power. But you know what retaliation does? It keeps the power in your hands instead of surrendering it into the hands of God. And you know what God says? Vengeance is mine. God says, I'll take care of them if you just let me. But as long as we retaliate and come on, the power's in our hands and it becomes a bondage in our hands and it becomes a rock in our hands. It becomes an anchor to our lives. You've got to release them into God's hands because that's what forgiveness does. It releases you from being their judge and now He can handle it. And He can take care of it. So Pastor Philip, why should I forgive? Come on, why should I forgive? I want to give you three reasons why I believe you should forgive. Are you ready? Number one first reason is this, God tells us we must. God tells us we could really go home, close the message and go home with that because do we need any more than that? We shouldn't need any more than that. We just read it from Colossians 3. Remember, he says, as I've forgiven you, you must forgive those around you. Come on, God tells us that we must. But if you do need more, let's just go on. Here's number two. Are you ready? You will never move beyond your unforgiveness. Why should I forgive? Because that will be a stopping point until you forgive. You will never move beyond that. It's like the dog on a chain story. Come on, a dog thinks he has the freedom, but he doesn't have freedom, does he? Because he can only go so far, and then that chain will yank him back come on, they say that a dog on a chain for so long, you can eventually take that chain off and he won't go beyond those boundaries. Why? Because he's hit the limitation for so long, he's been choked back so long that now he thinks that's as good as it's going to get. It's like a fish in a tank. Come on. Your fish can think it's got all that freedom but listen, if I'm looking at the tank from the outside in, it sure looks like there's limitations to me. Anyone with me with that? Sure looks like limitations. I'm living out there and you're living in there. There's not much freedom from where I'm standing, but the enemy, you see, wants to give us just enough so we'll think everything's okay. He wants to give us just enough that we can control the yard, but God is more than just your backyard. Come on, God's got greater horizons for your life. You've got to begin to live outside of that limitation. Satan's the master at giving every one of us just enough. Satan's the master of turning things on end and saying, you're not the one that needs to forgive, they're the one. You're not the one that's got the problem, they're the one that has the problem. But Satan is also the master of making you think that you're living where only you're just existing at best. But pastor, you don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. Pastor, you don't know what they said about me. No, you're right, I don't. Pastor, you don't know what they've spread, the lies that they've told about me, no I don't but I do know one thing and that is this if you have chosen not to forgive them and you're living with unforgiveness in your heart, I definitely know what they're doing to you now they're restricting and they're destroying your life Matthew six fourteen and 15 says if, if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you come on, let's just shout amen right now Because verse 15 is a tough one to shout amen to. So I just want you to shout amen before we get there. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. I like how God presents this. Because he could have so easily said, you know, if you don't forgive people and list them down, but he throws it all into one big thing called a trespass, a wrong. If you don't forgive someone for the wrong that they've done. He doesn't give the degrees of things, just no matter how small or how big it may be, if it's a trespass, if it's something that's wrong, God says that you and I must forgive, whatever degree. Because if not, you're going to live in a bondage. Another example in the gospel, he says, if you're coming to me with a gift, is what he says, paraphrased. He said, if you're coming to give me something, but you know someone else has got something against you, he doesn't even say that you've got something against them. He says, if you know that someone else has got something against you, he says, first leave your gift, go make it right with them. So what? Then you can return and then I'll receive your gift. Do you notice what is happening here? Even if they've wronged you or you've wronged them, whatever you may fall on, whatever side, if the hot potato is in your lap, you got to do something with it today. And he says, even something that you would give to me, I cannot receive it and I cannot bless it while there's something wrong in your heart. you got to make it right. First, make it right with me or with them so you can be right with me. Listen to me. Make it right with them so it can be right by me. Third reason is this. Are you ready? Why should we forgive? Because it releases God's peace into your life. It releases the peace of God. Come on, we need to live with peace. If there's ever a time that we need peace in our lives, my God, it's now. We need the peace. So many people are living in torment. We read first, um, Colossians 3, 12 through 13. I want to read on and read 13 through 15. Colossians 3, 13 through 15 says this, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you, or you, or so you also must do. You must forgive. And he goes on to say in verse 14, but above all these things, put on love. That's the only way you can do it is through the love of God, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God, notice this, what does he say? And let the peace of God rule in your heart. Hearts, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You know what the word rule means? The word rule means to have control over. What's controlling your life? He says that when we forgive and we love, then the peace of God can rule in our lives. Come on, God's peace is able to control our lives. Unforgiveness is not going to be a peace for your life. It's going to be a control for your life but you're not going to like the results yeah. come on releasing those things that will not only harm us and destroy us And not just spiritually will they destroy us, not just emotionally, but physically. Man, we could talk for weeks and hours on the facts and the effects of what unforgiveness can cause physically to people's lives. It's been proven that that bitterness and that resentment, because that's where it goes to, it can cause cancers, it can cause terminally ill, sick diseases inside of someone's life. Why? Because they're holding on to junk and stuff that does not belong inside of them, that's poison that's going to destroy your very existence. Mark 11, 24 says this, So Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say unto you, Whosoever says to this man to be removed and cast into the sea does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things shall be done. He will have whatever he says. And I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and that you will have them. We want to shout at that. We want to say, Amen. That's good. I want that. That's the peace. That's living in the presence of God. That's having the peace of God. But can I just say something to you right now? at the end of verse 24 where there's a period look what the first word of verse 25 says and i may not be the greatest english scholar in the world but there's something i realize and that is this you never start a sentence with a you don't start a sentence with an and that ain't proper <laughs> Come on, that's not right to do that. What is an and? An and is almost like a comma. It's a continued thought. Come on, it's not the end. You've got to continue that thought on. So let's continue that thought on. It says, and when you stand praying. What have we just talked about? Prevailing prayer that can move mountains, that can cause victories, that your life can have peace and comfort and strength. But it says, and when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. If you don't, God says, I will. How sad that the power that we possess inside of us is to move mountains. But yet through unforgiveness, that power lays dormant inside of us. And now that unforgiveness rules in its place. If you want to know the condition of prevailing prayer, it's a forgiving spirit. If you want to see God move in your life and answer your prayers, you better have a forgiving spirit. Because that's what causes you to see God move in your life. Come on, we shout at some things, but we need to shout at the whole things. Come on, because He's the tool in the bag. He's everything that we need to counteract anything that the enemy can throw at us. To see His peace in our lives, to see the peace of God live in our lives, we must forgive. Really? Yes. Really. You've got to forgive. I'd be amiss if I didn't perhaps clear up some misconceptions of forgiveness because a lot of people don't forgive because... I, I think there's three reasons that are pretty clear that forgiveness of why we don't forgive. And I want to talk about that. Really four reasons, just quickly. The first reason is this. It doesn't mean that, that you forget. It doesn't mean you forget. A lot of people struggle here because we've heard for so long that you have to forgive and Come on, anyone with me on that? Am I the only one? Come on, you've got to forgive and forget. The reality is this. It's not within our power most times to be able to forget. We remember those things. They're lodged in our memory. Come on, they're lodged in our mind. But I truly believe that you can forgive And as you forgive, that releases that memory from now having a hold over your life. Come on, that you still remember what they said, but now their words don't control you any longer. Come on, you still remember what they did, but there's not a control over your life anymore because you've released that and you've given that to God. And that's where Satan wants to play. Well, remember what they did. And when the enemy comes in and says, remember what they did, you need to remind him of what you did. Perhaps even write it down. I've told people in their Bibles to write down. If there's a big wrong that you need to forgive, write down on this day, on this day, I forgave this person. And when the enemy comes back in, you remind him each and every time, no, I have released that and I have given that to God. You may remember the crime, but you don't have to keep paying the penalty. Come on, you don't have to live in prison any longer. Free yourself. That means this. Are you ready? Ready? You can be around people with not having the ill feel and ill thought towards them. If you want to know you've truly forgiven someone, be in the same room as them. Come on, it's tough at first, it's awkward, it's hard. But if you've really forgiven that person, come on, because of their word, actions, deeds, they're no longer given the power over you. Come on, come on, come on. Guess what? You can be in the same room as them and not seek revenge any longer. But you can begin to pray for them and say, God, would you touch them? Would you bless them? Would you extend to them the blessings, God, that you extended to me? Come on, that's tough to do. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but you got to do it. Come on. Come on, pass it on. Come on, pass it on. Pass it on. Because even a limited freedom is not good and it's not God. God wants you to be completely free. You ready? Number two, here's, the, here's perhaps one of the biggest reasons why people don't forgive. Forgiveness doesn't mean complete access. Forgiveness doesn't mean complete access. In other words, it doesn't mean that you have to accept them completely back into your life. It doesn't mean that life has to go on as it was before. Listen to me. Here's a great statement. I don't have it on the board, but listen to it again. Forgiveness doesn't make them right, but it sets you free. Well, look, I do have it, man. They must have been mind readers. Something happened. Forgiveness doesn't make them right, but it will set you free. But you've got to be careful because a lot of people say, well, if I forgive them, then I'm condoning what they have done. No, you're not condoning what they've done. You're just living in the bondage of what they have done to you. You didn't choose for them to do that, but you're now choosing to live in the consequences of what they have done. So when we forgive people, it doesn't mean automatically you place them back into your life, into that place of hurt that they can wound you again. I'm not going to go into great detail, but you know there's... It's a massive problem that a lot of people face today and a a massive issue that a lot of people carry and that is this, that they've been abused. Abused in their life by people that were supposed to protect them but they hurt them. How do I deal with that, Pastor? Because I don't want to put my kids, I don't want to put my life back in that situation again. You know, I use this illustration. I think it's a good one. You know, I can go in my neighbor's yard and my neighbor's dog can bite me. But I want to tell you right now, I can forgive that neighbor's dog without ever having to step back in that yard again. Come on, I can forgive him from my side of the fence that every time I see that dog, I can just smile and wave. Come on, I don't have to go back in that yard. Why? Because something's happened inside of me. Two things that's happened inside of you. ready? The first thing is this, I'm now living with wisdom. Come on, godly wisdom now is applied. Why? I, I don't need to go back there. God can change their heart, and that's great. Let God do that. I don't have to be the one, and I can't be the one that does that, but I can sure love them from a distance, releasing them, so now God can deal with that situation. Come on, that's stupidity to go back in that yard again. So I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're probably going to get bit again. Come on, they say, if you're bitten once, what? Shame on who? Come on, you bit twice. Come on. You're stupid. Again, I'm not trying to make light of a situation, but I'm trying to present it in this area. So the first reason I don't go back in the yard is because of wisdom. But here's the second reason. Are you ready? There's a difference between forgiveness and trust. There's a difference between forgiveness and trust. You can forgive them now and you must forgive them. And maybe you can trust them later or maybe you can never trust that person again. But I want you to hear something. Whether you can trust them now or later doesn't change the fact that you have to forgive them first. That you need to forgive them because forgiveness is required either way. No matter what the future holds, your future is dependent upon whether you choose to forgive. And you must forgive. Look at this. Trust is something that has to be earned and it's something that has to be rebuilt. When trust is lost, it can be lost in a moment but it can take weeks and months and maybe years to come back. It has to be earned. It has to be rebuilt. We understand that. But notice what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is immediate. Forgiveness is built upon grace. It's the grace of God. And forgiveness is not the prayer before you eat. Come on, that's what most people think grace is. Would you say grace for us? Just a blessing over the food. Come on, no. What is grace? And remember, forgiveness comes from the same root word of grace. What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor. But that's just one side of grace. Come on, that's what it is. You know what else grace is? It's strength for your life. That's what it does. It wants to help you to make those decisions and choices, to move on. Come on, God's forgiveness is not just forgiveness. God's forgiveness is a new opportunity and then strength for you to keep making the right decisions and the right choices for your life. But I want you to see grace as something else today. And it's not as something else. This is what it is. But I want you to see it as more than just the unmerited favor and the strength to live. Are you ready? Grace is that which God extends and gives to us. It's that which he extends and gives to us. Again, something we don't deserve, but yet we get it on anyway, unconditionally. And it's never because we deserve it, and neither do they. Listen to me. They don't deserve it in the natural. They don't deserve it for the wrong that they have done. But I'm telling you right now, I've got to give that forgiveness. I've got to give that forgiveness. Why? Because I did not deserve it either. But God gave it to me anyway. I'm telling you, you need to read the message and listen to the message from um, New Seasons, the fourth message that we did, I think, in November, October of last year, where we talked about the transition from unforgiveness to forgiveness, seeing the debt that we owed versus that which they owed. The millions, literally, in the example Jesus did, by the one like about 17 bucks that someone else owed. The extreme difference, but yet God forgave us. I want to tell you right now, it doesn't make them right. It doesn't mean life is normal. Why? Because now you're living with wisdom and trust is something that we pray will come back. But if it doesn't, forgiveness always needs to be present. Number three, almost done today. Forgiveness is not retaliation. Come on, it's not retaliation. I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them. You're the one that's left showed up. You're the one left with the hot potato. Number four, you ready? It's not revenge. Forgiveness is not revenge. It's not revenge. Look at this statement, revenge allows someone else other than God to dictate your actions. Wow. When we seek revenge, we're really given in to someone else's control that can dictate our lives instead of the power of God. You see, hurting an enemy puts you beneath them. Taking revenge against them makes you even with them, but forgiving them sets you above them. Let me say that one more time. Hurting an enemy puts them beneath you. Or puts you beneath them, rather, sorry. Hurting an enemy puts you beneath them. Taking revenge makes you even with them. But forgiving them sets you above them. And I've got to close, but as I close, let me just say this. How do I forgive myself? How do I forgive myself? Forgiving yourself can be really tough. As we said it earlier, we've got to live with ourselves. But I'm telling you right now, we're living with too much of ourselves and too little of God. Because we need to be living with more of God and less of us as we give our lives to God. The same principles that we've spoken of and that need to be applied to others are the same principles that we need to also implement and live in our lives because we're going to suffer or live in the consequences of those things. Why? Because He's made it possible fully for us to not only forgive others but forgive ourselves. Look, 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. Come on, God will forgive you. Come on, if we confess our shortcomings, our failures, our weaknesses, the ways that we've disappointed ourselves, God is a faithful God and a just God. So forgive us from all of our sins, not just a part, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Everything God can handle. But pastor, you don't know what I've done. Pastor, you don't know what I've said. No, I don't. But He knows it all. He knows everything. And from just what I just read, He has chosen to forget it all. If I'll just surrender it to Him. If I'll give it to Him. If I'll remove its stranglehold off my life. If I'll remove the guilt and the condemnation. Romans 8 verse 1, a great scripture for you. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk, what? After God. To those who live not according to the flesh, but those who walk after the Spirit. Great message on Wednesday that Pete presented to each one of us about fear, about living not in the soul, but in the Spirit. Come on, that's that's the verse for that message. That's the verse for our lives. We don't have to walk in the flesh anymore because we'll fulfill the lusts of the flesh, but we can walk in the Spirit and we can be victorious. Why? Because you are forgiven and you've got to see yourself as forgiven. God doesn't care what it is, he just wants to take care of it all, if you'll allow him today. First Peter 5, verse 7, how do I do it? He says, just cast all your care upon me. Give it all to me, because I care about you. I want you to be free. I want you to have freedom. Come on, you and I can't live in unforgiveness to either other people or to ourselves. What we discovered today, God has made it fully possible for us to forgive and it's our responsibility to do so. And why can we do that? Because of his forgiveness towards us. It has to start there, reminding yourself of everything that he's done for you and the debt that was removed of your life. It has to start at his willingness for you, not waiting for your response, but he did it anyway. Because when you make it right with him today, guess what will happen? As you make it right with him today, it begins the fact of you making it right with other people. When you accept his forgiveness, you can begin to see light at the end of the tunnel that you're able to forgive someone else. Come on, you've got to forgive people. You've got to release their control from your life. And I'm going to even say this. Some of you are holding people's lives that God cannot even begin to work in their life. You need to release the control of them so God can then begin to control that situation. Because it's an anchor not only to you, but you're becoming an anchor to them also. Some of you may need to find that person. Some of you may need to visit that person. Some of you may need to call them up or write a letter. And you know what's going to happen when you go to that person? They may not even know and even realize what they've done to you. But again, watch out because then the enemy's going to make you mad, and the enemy's going to get you all riled up again. And saying, how could it be? They did, they've almost ruined my life and they don't even, no, no. Set your mind back on the goal. What are you there to do? You're there because it's your responsibility. Because if it's in your heart, whether they remember it or whether they confess to it or whether they admit to it, whether they say sorry for it or not, what's the goal? I've got to release it because it's got to be right between me and God. It's got to be right between me and God. Yes, it may be a massive wrong, but you're still responsible. You've got to untie the rope. That will eventually hang you. You gotta untie it. Because you are forgiven today. You can forgive.
1: We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart C's Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at at HFLC.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.